to Why We Write, the podcast where I interview authors to explore what lies at the heart of their writing. Join me in the quest to discover what unifying experiences all of us writers share, the unexpected, the out of this world, and the very simple yet complicated question of why we write. I'd like to welcome to the show Karen M. Greenwald, who is an award-winning children's book author. Her book, A Vote for Susanna, the First Woman Mayor, was named a Kansas Notable Book in 2022. Kansas chose it to represent the state at the Library of Congress National Book Festival and in the Library of Congress's Great Reads from Great Places initiative. The Mud Angels, How Students Saved the City of Florence, her next book, launches in April 2024. It is currently available to purchase on pre-order. Karen co-founded the Sun Write Fun Writing Contest, which promotes indie bookstores and raises money or book donations for under-resourced school, schools and public libraries. Her strategic branding efforts have earned 17 international awards. I know some of these answers, but I want you to go ahead and tell me them again. So when when did you first start creating whole books, like whole stories? Um, You mean not just in my head, but actually writing Not them. just in your head, but in written words that you could share with others um, or I think read the to first, them. Yeah, I think the first story that I actually wrote down from start to finish and illustrated was in law school. Um, I took a course called Literacy in the Law, and mm-hmm. it was about the constitutional right to literacy, about book bannings, and this is well before what we're dealing with right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to date myself, but it's a while ago. Mm-hmm. And um, you had to, for this course, tutor a student um, in a, a low-income housing area or an international student who didn't mm-hmm. speak English as their first language and um and and write a paper but your paper had to be about a picture book that you wrote mm-hmm. the large part of the course was analyzing picture books um it was the first time they had taught it it was team taught by um a master's english professor uh from mm-hmm. the undergrad and a law professor and it was extraordinary and i found myself i'm just like drooling thinking about having yeah. a class like that when i was in was like at my college yeah i just love it the whole i mean i hope that that's still out there and there are more of them but the whole concept yeah. of it is just like it's so powerful and empowering and it kind of goes to like you really? know the picture book that you recently published and the yeah, types of stories sure. you tell yeah that representation well the funny the funny thing is it is still going on now mm-hmm. um at least at georgetown where i went oh cool and my professor and i have stayed in touch she's a huge enthusiastic supporter he sounds like a really cool human so he is an amazing guy he does amazing things he has a whole street law clinic with um high school students where they get to do moot court and experience what it's like which I think is amazing um and he started this program and really that's what inspired me try picture books I just spoke to his class in -hmm. October which was so fun I love that. The other side of it. Um, law school, there's a thing called Socratic method where mm-hmm. it right, they basically try to humiliate you. It's so much fun. It's a little a little of a tough world. Yeah. It's off, yeah. I, I yeah. did not enjoy that aspect, but I said to him at Allison, I thought, oh my gosh, is he gonna Socratic method me about my book? <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. And he was really funny. He goes, I hate that stuff. No worries. I'm like, Phew. we're good. But yeah. it was really, it was very, um, it was a neat full circle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think his son 
also teaches a version of that in another university somewhere. Oh, great. I love that. So I know your writing style is probably a lot different now than when you were cramming for law school, but what is your (laughs) ideal time and place to write these days? My ideal time and place. You know, what's funny. I never, ever thought of myself as like a Victorian person. Um, Mm -hmm. I have come up against the fact that the census of 1890 burned to the ground so many times, things you never expected to bother you in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. I just had a conversation with um, someone from a state department of education about this and how I'm totally convinced it was a conspiracy or there's some story behind it. It's mm-hmm. like the whole census. I mean, that's, that's a lot that of acreage of paper. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's before that's like so much hard copy. Exactly. Would have to, it wouldn't be easy to just destroy all of that in one go. I mean, I would think it would be several buildings full right? I yeah. mean, so it's just a little weird thought in my head, but um, mm-hmm. I, I've gotten really into that period. I've always loved the 20s. I want to write something about the 20s. Um, I've just always been fascinated by the fashion and the style and the sort of culture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't found my perfect 20s book yet, but that's on the list of things. Um, I'm cool. a big theater person. That was a huge part of my upbringing so I want to do something in that area but really what drives me the most um, is not so much time period but I like the idea of a story where people you would never think would unite to Mm -hmm. do something put aside what makes them different and um, where they find what keeps them uh, understanding each other or they find to understand each other. I mean, that definitely seems like the, I would categorize the books that you have, the one that just came out and the one coming out in that category for sure. A Vote for Susanna, which I want you to talk a little bit more about at the end, just to give readers kind of a taste. But that one very much so it was, you know, she was not expected to win. Like that was not, it was not something that was done out of kindness. It was something that, yeah, to exactly put exactly. someone in their place yeah so it's it's I, I love that that kind of you know sort of underdog mentality but also like community coming together yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's actually like a phrase for it yeah I we're creating one right now right like yeah like maybe um, the underpack you know exactly, the pack of I love dog. that <laughs> the under posse yeah I don't know, something like that. Some, some sort of combination of that Hashtag yeah underpack I love it um <laughs> yeah Charlie what are you ready about underpack um yeah I I am so moved by it um a large part of my education is in international issues so Mm -hmm. particularly like for the book coming out in April the Mud Angels um it's just my jam 100 percent um and I I like seeing kind of like a makeover story in a sense Mm -hmm. like maybe it's a community that changes its ways or um someone goes through I mean I know all picture books we have like the hero's journey and the process that you go through Mm -hmm. but I am particularly moved by um by something that's a little more than just within one person I guess is what I'm saying yeah it has a bigger impact on the community around them one person can have a massive impact I mean right Salter who's the the MC essentially of my first book Mm -hmm. um from this 500 actually it's actually less than 500 residents and it still is today um community city 
I always want to say town because I'm not used to a city that's that tiny, but um, yeah, it's um, it's amazing to me that this woman in 1887 and this city election became an international icon and was written about all over the world and really changed world history. She made world history. Yeah. And then nobody remembered her. I mean, I never learned about her until I read the book. And it's like, I went through 16, like however many, the college and the six, like 16 years, 17 years of education. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to me how many people, even in Kansas, where she's from, um, if they had heard of her, they just know the little bit of a soundbite, but they don't know the full story. And the book is the first to ever tell the actual full story. Yeah. And it was only possible with regards to all the rules that there are for picture books. Like Mm -hmm. when I was in law school and I was writing my, my picture book for my assignment, um, you know, I didn't know any of the rules for sure. Mm -hmm. Not the way we, not the way we know when we're kind of enmeshed in the kidlet bubble as right yeah um there are a lot of rules there are a lot of requirements and some people say oh who cares about them but they are good guardrails for you when you're getting mm-hmm. you know, your foot wet I guess yeah um, and as you develop your own style but without knowing the agency of your MC you can't write their story um so every single thing that I read about Susanna Salter um, and I probably read <laughs> in in many languages translated everything. You I can, can imagine, yeah. The <laughs> reason that wasn't duplicating itself, yeah, because there was a lot of duplication. Um, but everything I read about her uh, left out the one part of the story that I personally found was the most relevant. My first question when I when I read like a tiny little blurb about her online was, why why did she say yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you want me to just summarize it? Oh, really? yeah. If you want to go ahead and give the this like quick little like log liner, you know, sure, sound bite absolutely. Of it is. sure. Basically, in 1887, Kansas became the first and only state to permit women to run for office and vote in local municipal elections. Well, a bunch of men in a small city named Argonia were very opposed to that, and um, in their city, the way it worked was you could write up a sample ballot hand copies out if and I am so curious how they copied them that fast but um Mm -hmm. hand copies out and if you know someone liked what it said in the ballot they could just slip it in the singular ballot box in the city and then go about their day um so a group of women met two nights before the election because they could talk about it together Mm -hmm. and they came up with a sample ballot but as they were working on their sample ballot um two I I like to call them rabble rousers broke in the meeting and um started a commotion I guess in 1887 you'd say like a rhubarb and um, (laughs) I just love these we should bring that back that's a great you're a rhubarb rhubarb. it's great it's so much better than kerfuffle which people seem to love but a rhubarb it's hard to it's hard to to you know yeah (laughs) I love words, clearly. I mean, I think I'm assuming we yeah. both do. Me too. Um, so anyway, so sh- she was running the meeting mm-hmm. and um, ignored them, didn't didn't buy into the bullying, didn't buy into the um, commotion, kept right. going with the meeting. The other women followed suit. Um, 
she went home back to her husband and her babies and her laundry. She's mm-hmm. very pragmatic about everything. The women made copies. And on election day, um, before she went to vote, she was doing her chores. Mm-hmm. And a group of men approached her outside her house, which by Victorian times is not the most um, permissible thing to do, like a single woman standing there alone. Yeah, um, I feel like even way. if that happened to me today, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, right, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it'd be very strange. Yeah, it would be for sure. So they brought her a copy of the ballot and they said, you need to see what's going on in the center of, of the city. Um, this is about that's being passed out by a group of men. And she looked at it and it was the same as her ballot that she had, mm-hmm. you know, the women had voted on or within right. their meeting. And yeah. but but there was one big change. They had put her name as the mayor. Mm-hmm. And their belief was that if she was on the ballot, she would definitely lose because who wants who wants who would that? vote for a woman? Yeah. Not this city. And so um it would be so scarring emotionally and so humiliating for like generations after mm-hmm. um that no woman would ever dare ever get involved in politics, much less run again. Right. Even if there was this law, um, it didn't matter because not in their city. And um surprisingly, the men who were representing another candidate said, you know, we we don't like this. This is bullying. Mm-hmm. We don't like it. And um, if you agree to do the best job that you can, if you win, we will spend the rest of the day getting out the vote for you. Mm-hmm. And so she says, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I want everyone to read it because also I love like the story within a story, you know, that's, <laughs> that's happening too. So I don't want to, you know, take away from what they're going to explore in it, but it is such a great story of what oh, a community can do you know thank and you it's so and, and standing up to bullying too in 1887 like I mean it's still mm-hmm. hard to stand up to today so definitely exactly so when there's you're writing a, oh go ahead I should say that there's a lot about that story um and there definitely is I left a lot out but um there's a lot about it that's like past this prologue and mm-hmm. so uh, the story is very relevant today because yeah. As of 2021, and I don't have an updated statistic, but Mm -hmm. 2021, one third of all major U.S. cities had still not elected a woman as mayor. That is staggering. I was shocked. I was. Wow. And every mayor who's a woman that I've spoken to about the book, Mm -hmm. because it's been a really, um, really cool aspect of of promoting it. Mm -hmm. Every single woman has said to me. That's my story. It's it. yeah, it gave me chills every time. Yeah, me too. That's my so, story. So when you're writing these stories, you know, that that uplift communities and everything, do you have a specific reader in mind or are you thinking more just like the the story at hand that you want to tell? Um, that's a really good question. I guess me at mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine. Yeah, like the Is story you wish you'd had available when you were a kid. Yeah, I would have loved I would have loved this book. Mm-hmm. I would have absolutely loved it. Me too. Um, I totally thought I was going to be president when I was like nine because the problems in the world aren't that complicated. I could fix it. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. That's what <laughs> I, mean. I would have voted for you then. No problem. Yeah, I feel like that's like, it's such an empowering thing for young women who, you know, might want to explore those leadership roles and don't see that representation so out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. So the 
the book that I wrote in my law school class, obviously I had to write like a high level paper about analyzing right. and comparing it to different stuff. And we had studied the whole language movement, which um, is like, you know, you don't group kids by ability, but you group them by topic. And so okay. maybe one kid in the group reads, a, you know, like a Smithsonian book about dinosaurs and the other kid reads a, a lower level requirement book, but they're all right. dispersing. And we studied John and Evelyn Dewey, um, mm -hmm. civic republicanism, and basically that little kids can learn the same thing adults can, just in a different way. But if you don't teach kids, they're important to society and that they have a role in society and they matter to society and their actions impact, impact society, that when they turn 18, they won't care about voting. They won't be engaged. So interesting. really like, yeah, um, this is a, a definitely a theme for me. Um, but um, it, it's just kind of fascinating to me that some people grow up with a strong sense of like, oh my gosh, I couldn't wait to vote. I mean, I literally yeah. could not wait. I Yeah, me too. I did work in politics a lot before I came to this part mm -hmm. of the world. Um, so it is definitely a part of my background, but it's a lifelong a lifelong um, education. I think. Yeah, I definitely did the working in the polls like before you could vote when I was like That's 16, awesome. you know, and That's it awesome. was a long 12 hours. It was a very long 12 hours. Well, I would imagine. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Very rewarding it's, to see that side. Yeah, it's so different today, unfortunately, from like, and then I'm, of course, for Susanna Salter. I mean, it's just like yeah. a universe away, but there, there are things from her experience that are just the same today. Mm -hmm. like exactly the same and so like I've done a bunch of events with women mayors mm -hmm. um about the book oh that's so great been really gratifying yeah um, so with speaking of community yeah. I know like I know you from the kid lit community because you're very active there I mean you do so many things and especially I just want you to tell us like a little bit about Sunrite Fund because that was something sure. I saw you doing over the summer and it's just another great way to unify kid lit authors or anyone who might be interested in in writing literature for children. Absolutely and and I'm glad that you said it that way because you don't have to be a published author. You don't exactly. have to be in an active member of the kid lit community to mm -hmm. A, get joy from writing mm -hmm. and B, explore it and C, participate in Sunrite Fund. Um, it started four years ago. Uh, Jenny Bouchette is another author, uh, kid lit author, mm -hmm. um, and I were having a conversation one day when the pandemic sort of made it clear that it was going to be a long haul and that we right. weren't going to be able to do things that we wanted to do that summer. Um, and I said, you know what, we need to like, we need to like create a beach experience while we're on a staycation. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone keeps writing in to every organization or group or whatever that we're involved in with Kidlet, how they've lost their mojo, they're so depressed, they don't feel inspired and they have nothing that's kind of like making them be accountable and getting back to writing. Right. Because the world's a dumpster fire, right? Yes, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty 2020, definitely hashtag dumpster fire. Dumpster fire, <laughs> exactly. Um, And so I, I said, you know what, like, I really want to do a writing contest this summer because most people are home, mm -hmm. but I don't want to do the typical thing. And I want to do like nonfiction. And she's like, Jenny was on, like on board from minute one. She I just said, want to interject too, that nonfiction is not what you might think. 
as an like as adults today a lot like anyone yeah. who's an adult right now like 21 and older might have grown up with like the you know work for hire type of like travel to china but like exactly. you know those books are great but yeah, nonfiction sure. can be a lot of different things and it doesn't have to be strictly all factual so with that said continue. there you go yes. <laughs> and also there's informational fiction which is jenny yes that's Jenny's what, that's jam. my jam, informational fiction. Love it. It's all, it's all good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I wish as a kid we had had these types of books, the, mm-hmm. the informational fiction and the nonfiction right. in, the, in the way that they are done today mm-hmm. and the diverse amount of them. I just, that's yeah. why I say like picture books are not just for kids. Mm-hmm. Tricks are not just for kids. Oh, I totally read picture books that like my kid isn't interested in. I'll sit next I to him and read them. a picture. I love them. Can't stop. <laughs> just cannot stop. Yeah. So you but did anyway, this contest and it's got, it's got a charitable bent as well too, so, right? Yeah. So we, we kind of like idea upon idea upon idea layered. And by the end of it, I was making a website mm-hmm. for it and we were uh, creating this whole sort of kingdom for it. And the theme the first year was um, basically like beach theme, like you're going to the beach mm-hmm. and, and I wanted to do something that wasn't just, you know, submitting a sample of writing and being judged. But mm-hmm. I wanted something that reflexively would get everyone involved, like a benefit. So mm-hmm. if you're a donor, if you're a judge, if you're a contestant, you're getting a ton of interaction on social media, but also it's, it created a community. Right. So having to post things on social and comment on things and, and like, obviously only positive things because I'm an only positive, good stuff kind of person. Yeah. And um, it really caught on because even today, like this year, it was just lighting up, you know, the people interacting. You know, it's been so gratifying for me. I almost felt guilty, but um, everyone that I ever ask if they'll, if they'll donate just like jumps right in. I remember last year I asked Julie Hadland. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think I actually wrote to Kelly, but I, I was asking Julie and I was thinking maybe she could do like a ticket for, for a picture book summit, which if you've never been anyone listening, go, it's awesome. Um, great things about it. Yeah. And not only did she do that, but she also gave a free 1212 membership. Oh my gosh. Like, and that is a life-changing experience having that membership. Absolutely. So really and opening was, doors. Absolutely. But it's like all, every single person who's donated to it for me, like as a prize, mm-hmm. I am just so inc- incredibly grateful um Debbie oh he last this summer gave a piece of art signed I mean we oh get gosh. amazing yeah amazing I mean I was like scrolling past like the awards or you know the things you could win yeah. and it just like went on and on so much there are just so many things so I highly encourage anyone who's curious about that to check out the website because the website's still up for it even though it's not oh I keep every year right up there. okay yeah, yeah. so it's still year. up there you can look into that it is really great also yeah and oh, so when did you get one. yeah go ahead one thing I just want to say was mm-hmm. one thing is we we didn't really uh, think beyond that for summer, and by the end of the summer, we got so many emails from people like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to do it." People mm-hmm. asked me to do shirts and mugs for it, so I guess I have to do it at some point. But um, there are books coming out as a result of it. People who mm-hmm. submitted, who took that uh, that piece of writing, it's only mm-hmm. two hundred words because we didn't want to make it right you now exhaustive but um people who have pursued their piece at least several that I know of either got an agent as a result or have books coming out um and Christina Hernandez has a book coming out which 
people are going to die for. It's so great. I was so excited that she pursued it beyond just the contest. Yeah. So um, for anyone who feels like they need a jump start and a sense of community mm-hmm. and like a group of people who you might not know, but you mm-hmm. will by the end, who are going to cheer you on just because that's the spirit of it. Yes, yeah. definitely for you. I mean, I'm who doesn't to... want that, right? Like, I love being cheered on. <laughs> it's not yeah. a requirement to donate money mm-hmm. um, or books if you're participating or you're just um, somebody supporting everyone. Mm-hmm. But we did a book drive this summer for the Navajo Nation library system and got a very impressive number of books donated. Um, we did one donation one summer uh, for um, We Need Diverse Books. Mm-hmm. summer and then right. for reader to reader for the others which donates brand new books to underprivileged libraries so and like I said you do not have to donate money yeah but it's like but participating and bringing it up and mm-hmm. you know it's life-changing for you and those are benefits too so yeah. very exciting stuff I want to ask you too about your joy in writing and telling mm-hmm. stories because I you know I know you've been in the kidlet world for you know a few years now mm-hmm. and what do you enjoy most about being a storyteller? Gosh, that's such a multifaceted answer. <laughs> um, let's see. First of all, I guess I'll start in the in the micro. I love writing. I love getting lost in an idea. I love the moment when you find well, because I loved research. I mean, I never, I never thought I would love research so much. I always thought of it as like sitting in the back of the school library in high school looking at the microfiche. I was like 125 years old and like just like flipping through pages mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of what I thought it would be it's that has changed so dramatically from the very outset for me with the first mm-hmm. uh manuscript I researched I've interacted with so many amazing fascinating and the biggest word I would use to say is generous yeah because you interview a lot of a lot of people for your books too right oh 100 yeah I'm very mm-hmm. much about primary primary resources um awesome but but just the librarians the genealogists the research librarians mm-hmm. they have just been the most amazing resource for me and um I formed such nice personal friendships with so many people as a result that that it's so much more than just coming up with an idea and looking for answers mm-hmm. there's like a whole community that forms for me at least around each of my books yeah. Or manuscripts. Oh, I love that too, because your books are about these communities too. So they like even exactly. continue to to grow. To, oh, that's I love that. So when you're when you're going in writing or you know, in anything, what keeps you going when you hit an obstacle? Um that's wow. Huh, let me think about this for a second. Sure. I think it's just an internal personality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a good challenge. My mom once said to me, uh that I that she observed, I'm never happy unless I have ridiculous goals that I'm aiming for. So yeah. I don't really, I don't really see obstacles as obstacles, but opportunities mm-hmm. to find an interesting new path. That is I a great way of looking at it. Cause for, yeah, like I know some people who view obstacles as like, that's horrible. I'm going to go the other way. And then looking at it as this mountain, like I get to climb this, you know, is well <laughs> for Susanna. It was a year and a half of trying to navigate um, some city politics mm-hmm. from uh, afar. And then mm-hmm. uh, 
something changed in their city. And then I was able to start getting what I needed. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, it was a year and a half. That's of, a lot of dedication to stay with it, you know, during. Uh, yeah. Um, a lot of people said to me, you're not, you're never going to get what you need. And I just like, well. Well, now they can see the book on your social media. And say, exactly. Yes, I did. Exactly. So, so why do you write? Because I have to. Mm-hmm. I think is the short answer. Um, I write because I feel like it's a way to um, make a difference in someone's life, especially because of the stories that I tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm giving maybe someone insight into something that they never knew that could inspire them. I am inspired by it. Mm-hmm. I am challenged by it in the best way. And I love a challenge. Like I said, um, yeah. I love a goal and a challenge. And it's sort of like, um, like when I'm trying to figure out something in terms of, for instance, like ancestry, I name it like mm-hmm. ancestry Sudoku. I love the puzzle of it, trying to put the pieces together. Um, cool. But I've always been a writer since I was a, a very young child. Mm-hmm. It's always been like my happy place. And um, even though it's not always happy, like to be right. honest, it is hard. It is so much harder. It's funny because we think of the word kid or child as being like yeah. young, innocent, little, not that big a mm-hmm. deal. Simple. Yet, it's not exactly. simple. Yeah. <laughs> and you like, oh, there are only like 350 words in this book. Oh my God, you sweat every word of the yeah. 350. It is the hardest thing. I was talking to another um another kid that person recently and um she's also I'm a lawyer and Mm -hmm. she's also a lawyer and I said the only thing that I can think of that's harder than like the world and all its craziness um all the Mm -hmm. like enormous right challenges and obstacles is uh the bar exam (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) and she goes yeah you want to talk about a challenge um and she goes you know actually I think the bar is easier because you have a set rubric for it and you know what you have to do for it. This mm-hmm. is just like anyone's guess. Oh, wow. Thought, wow. Anybody outside of Kidlet World would never understand how valid and true that statement is. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, but, but if I wasn't challenged, I, I, mm-hmm. I would be very, very bored. So if you could go back to the very beginning of your Kidlet journey, like when you were first writing that first uh, or your first writing journey, you know, when you're writing that first book, what, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, then what would it be? Stop doing it the way you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, find a community of people who are doing the same thing to connect to and let your, allow yourself to be vulnerable to advice and to learning things from people and expressing what you don't know. Yeah. And I think that's, I think it's very, at least for me, initially, writing has always been my thing, one of my Mm -hmm. things, right? And um, professionally, I write constantly. And so it was. um, Um, So I want to ask too, um, just real quick. So where's the best place for readers to connect with you? And where can we find a vote for Susanna? And also your upcoming book, Mud Angels. Um, my website is probably the best place, karengreenwald.com. Um, all of my social media, I am on YouTube. I have a channel I just started 
Actually, I did it so that they could show the Mud Angels trailer to the law school class. Oh, you have a trailer for it? That is, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. That sounds great. It's really fun. Um, So all of my social media, I'm on IG and Blue Sky and YouTube at Karen M. Greenwald to make it simple and easy so everyone can find me. Yeah, and um, both your books are available at like all major booksellers. Like, yeah, all, I think bookshop, Amazon. The Money Angels is pre-order. Mm-hmm. Um, probably at this point, I think, I think they were out of stock at bookshop. Like, is it, is your website like the best place to go just for all those links if they want to try and find? Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Probably. I try okay. to keep my website um not just like an informational spot, but like a place to look around and. Yeah, hang out on it's. I've I've tried to make it, um, very convivial and interactive. Cool. I have quotes from mayors about the book, so I think it's so that's a great place if someone is like a teacher and wants to incorporate more in the classroom. Absolutely, go there, check it out. For Susanna, and I'm building it now for the Mud Angels, but for Susanna, I have um, I have a study guide. I have a um, I have coloring pages for the book. You can download. I love that. I just made some for my book too. Yeah, it's so fun. fun. See, I love that. Um, And then also there's a thing that I started when the book came out um, because Susanna Salter has been kicked to the curb and because she is actually very important in so many ways. Yeah. Um, I started a grassroots campaign for students and obviously adults too. But Mm -hmm. I wanted kids to feel like to, to experience what it feels like to be a part of making a difference. Mm-hmm. And so I asked every classroom to go to the page on my site and read the instructions and write letters to USPS in support mm-hmm. of getting a stamp made in her honor. Oh, yes. I so, heard I heard you mention this. Yeah, definitely something to check out if you have two minutes to write the letter. Legal. Yeah. And I, I figured it's a great writing assignment. Yeah, so Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on Why We Write and telling us about your journey. And thank you for joining me on another episode of Why We Write. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to like, share, comment, or pass along the show however you please. Until next time, I hope you take a moment to remember why you write whenever you sit down to get some words in.